Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. What are the chances the Lakers turn this thing around and make the playoffs? Will a one-loss USC leapfrog the loser of Ohio State and Michigan in the top four? And Lane Kiffin is more likely to go to Auburn than to stay at Ole Miss. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After a brutal start to the season, the LA Lakers were starting to show some signs of life. A three-game win streak that was snapped on Tuesday by the Chris Paul-less Phoenix Suns against the LeBron James-less LA Lakers. Hard to keep track who is playing these days. Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers joins me now. Andy, how much of the last couple games with this mini win streak in a season like this, you have to take some of those wins when you can get them, right? How much of that were you taking as, okay, this is a team that might actually be figuring it out? Um, I think that there were some signs that they were starting to figure it out. Um, just the play of Anthony Davis in and of itself has been spectacular. I mean, he has been playing like a shortlist MVP candidate during this stretch without LeBron James. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think he has scored less than 30 points in a game without LeBron. It might be like less than 35 points, but either way, he's probably averaging something like 35 and 17 in this game. He had 37 and 21, five blocks, five uh, steals. (laughs) He's been exceptional. Um, And that is something that if they can figure out how to balance this and maintain it when LeBron is eventually back, and they have a better roster now than when they began the season, whether you're talking about available players or Russell Westbrook playing off the bench. You know, there's still a ways to go for this team, but I think they are better right now than they were at the start of the season in ways that are real. It just depends on how much better can they get from this point forward, how much definitively better. Yeah, in that three-game win streak against the Brooklyn Nets, 37 and 18 for AD against the Pistons, 38 and 16 against the Spurs, 30 and 18. You mentioned in the loss to the Suns, 37 and 21. Also added five blocks and five steals. You can't play basketball much better than that. And and so when you look at, you mentioned the the Russell Westbrook off the bench piece. That was something that Lakers fans and national media, I think, were clamoring for. How would you gauge that experiment going over the last couple of weeks? Um, I think it's been going really well. I mean, it's it's imperfect because Russell Westbrook is an imperfect player. You know, he, he always has been even as an MVP level player. But at this stage of his career, when his weaknesses become more magnified and that athleticism is in its relative decline, um, it becomes more obvious. But it's definitely working um, much better than it had last season with him starting, playing more minutes with LeBron or at the beginning of the season. And Russ has bought into this. I mean, he has been the good soldier in this. I don't think it's necessarily what he wants to do, but in certain respects, it doesn't matter if he likes right. it or not. What matters is <laughs> how is he treating this? And I think he's been treating this professionally and as enthusiastically as he needs to. Is there something that you think could change the way that he's treating it? I'm thinking, let's say, if 
they go back and start losing a bunch of games, Russ is going to be going, why, why am I not a bigger part of this if I'm supposed to be, you know, a frontline player on this team? Well, I mean, look, if they start losing a lot of games, Russell Westbrook's happiness becomes the least of their concerns. Like they, they have a bit at that point, they have a lot of questions to figure out. None of them include how do we make Russ happier? <laughs> right. And 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 maybe the, the most important is how do we not give the New Orleans Pelicans a top five pick? You know, I, I yeah, they I mean they need to make sure that they try to avoid doing that simply because it means the season went better. Like I don't think they should be making moves specifically about trying to avoid having salt poured in their wounds. Sure. You know what I mean? Like at this point, it is what it is. They they just they need to figure out what's best for the team either this season or moving forward. Um, they they're gonna get clowned on no matter what, because when things go badly for the Lakers, it's just fun for everybody else to clown on them. And they've already been clowned for the Russell Westbrook trade to begin with and things that have happened over the last couple of years. A little more clowning ain't going to kill him. Yeah, we might need a new German word for just enjoying the suffering of the Lakers and the Lakers fans. I can ask Dennis Schroeder. Stay up to date all year on the Lakers by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Today podcast and the Locked On Lakers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, will the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, even fall out of the top four in next week's college football playoff rankings and should they here's what to look for on bet online your number one spot for all of your gambling needs how about an early look at the thanksgiving spreads point spreads that is the detroit lions win streak not fooling anyone at least not the odds makers bet online has the bills 10 point favorites in their second game in five days at ford field the dallas cowboys meanwhile are getting the love bet online has them as nine and a half point favorites over the new york football giants and the late game pits a hopeful afc playoff team in the new england patriots against a possibly fraudulent nfc division leader in the minnesota vikings bet online still likes the vikes by two and a half on thanksgiving bet online where the game starts now here's what you need to be locked on today It's not been a good couple of days for guys who lead their team in rushing. Monday, Melvin Gordon cut by the Denver Broncos. Yesterday, Daryl Henderson cut from the L.A. Rams. Henderson played just four snaps in Sunday's loss to the New Orleans Saints with Cam Akers and rookie Kyron Williams getting the majority of the work in the backfield. On Monday, Rams coach Sean McVay said Henderson felt his knee during pregame drills. Henderson, a third-round pick in 2019 who was playing on the last season of his rookie contract, Ran for 283 yards and three touchdowns on 70 carries this season for L.A. He also had 17 catches for 102 yards. Strange times in L.A. right now. Will tomorrow's matchup between the Cowboys and Giants decide more than who gets sole possession of second place in the NFC East for a week? Some are calling it the Beckham Bowl. Both Dallas and New York are among the teams that have interest in adding free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. for the stretch run. OBJ is making his decision while making a comeback from a torn ACL suffered in the Super Bowl. The Cowboys have not been shy about their recruiting efforts, and Dak Prescott said he exchanged messages with Beckham. He knows how much I want him here, and a lot of these guys in the locker room I've seen have reached out on their own in different ways to make sure that he understands that this is a team that he can help. This, according to Dak Prescott. As for Beckham's response to Prescott, the Dallas QB said the feeling is mutual. I guess if 
he doesn't sign there, we get to do, he's just not that into you. I don't know. We'll figure it out. The Clippers are dealing with a pair of injuries ahead of their matchup tonight with the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard will sit with an ankle sprain. He has been few and far between for the Clippers this season. And Paul George will miss his second straight game with a right hamstring tendon strain when asked about his ailment. Kawhi said, just rolled my ankle, but I should be fine. It's the latest injury for Leonard, who returned last week and played in three games after a 12-game absence due to a right knee injury. Leonard missed all of last season after tearing his ACL in Game 4 of the Clippers' second-round series against Utah on June 14, 2021. That's where we are with Kawhi Leonard. We have to talk about dates and years to figure out when he's been playing and when he's been hurt. It has not been great for Kawhi lately. And you hope to see him back on the field because he is a superstar when healthy. Speaking of superstars, John Morant returned to the floor as the Grizzlies took on the surging Sacramento Kings. Surprised that the Sacramento Kings knocked off the Memphis Grizzlies on a Tuesday night in FedEx Forum? You shouldn't be. The Sacramento Kings are currently the deeper team with the better offense, at least in this one. Sacramento looked the part of being the deserving victor. I am Joe Mullinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, and don't get it twisted. The Kings tried to find ways to get Memphis back in this game. It was not as close throughout the contest, especially in the third quarter, as the final score suggests. But no Zaire Williams still, no Desmond Bain still. While a returning John Morant made his presence known, especially late in the contest, while Jaron Jackson Jr. was dominant throughout the game, and while Dylan Brooks did show that defensive acumen of his, time and time again to help the Grizzlies get back in it. The fact remains, the Grizzlies do not have the same level of depth that the Kings do at the moment. Sacramento's offense thrived because of it, and Memphis, relying on rookies and guys that are out of rotational spots, weren't able to answer the call. Here is another story you need to know. The college football rankings are due for a shakeup. Number two, Ohio State faces number three, Michigan, in a battle of unbeaten teams. The loser of the game surely stands to fall out of the playoff top four, right? But should USC get into the top four after one of those two teams loses? Mark Culkin of Locked On USC and Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes weigh in on Locked On's college football rankings reaction show. And I think the Trojans are probably the most interesting team that, that that's left maybe LSU as well in terms of there still being a somewhat unknown quality. I feel Mark that if USC wins out, they will get enough help to get into the college football playoff. I'm sure I know how Jay feels with regards to whether or not they would uh, they, they would be deserving of a spot over a one loss Michigan team. But you know there there might be a little bit of institutional bias there for, from Jay. But Mark, do you feel that? It's a situation where if USC wins out, they'll be able to get in no matter what because Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other this week? Well, that's one intangible. One of those guys is going to get knocked out. Um, I, I don't think I'm concerned about LSU knocking Georgia out of the picture. And TCU, they still, again, they have to play Iowa State. Uh, I'm hoping Matt Campbell's team have, finds their big one of the season next week. Uh, if not, they're playing, what, Kansas State in the conference championship game. So if USC beats Notre Dame, ranked number 13 now, whether or not they, they're worthy of that rank, irrelevant. Uh, assuming they play Oregon and they beat Oregon in the conference championship game, how do you keep out a 12-1 and USC from a 4-8 and last year 
the Lincoln Riley story, the Caleb Williams story. Um, there's just too much Hollywood there for them to possibly, we're not even talking about the number four spot now. We're, we're talk, possibly talking number three, number two, depending on that, how that Ohio State-Michigan game plays itself out. Yeah, and, as well and, as as well as TCU where they end up. So yeah, and, and the game this week is you know certainly the one that's got the the college football world's eyes on it as it should. Jay Stevens locked on Buckeyes. If Ohio State loses to Michigan, do you think that that win over Notre Dame is enough in their non-conference to to keep them in the hunt to get to the top four? Because the way I see it is, whoever loses that, like let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan on Saturday, the Wolverines will get in because the Big Ten uh, the West Division, right? The one that they're not in. I mean, it stinks. Like they're just yeah, not. That's that. That's not going to happen. We all we all understand that. So, assuming that that all takes place, Ohio State's non-conference isn't great, but you have the Notre Dame game on there. But if USC beats Notre Dame this Saturday as well, it would kind of seem like that would put the Trojans in a, in a more favorable position. So, does Ohio State have to win on Saturday in order to get into the college football playoff? I wouldn't, excuse me, I wouldn't say that they have to win, but it desperately helps them by doing so. If they don't win the game, and I'm not even a person that's going to say the Buckeyes are going to be for sure going to win the matchup this week, this weekend against the Wolverines, I'll unveil my score prediction on Friday's show of Locked on Buckeyes. But if the Buckeyes end up losing this game, they're going to need help from other people. Yes, LSU beating Georgia in the SEC championship game would help. However, I still think Georgia will still be in there even if because I, th- I still think Georgia is one of the top four teams in the country. Um, so that all to go those two, does the committee value a conference championship more than who the top four teams are? That's kind of where you have to split hairs and committee may change that year after year, or it might be the same from one year to the next, but you had, they, just to help themselves out, they need to win this game. But no, I, before the season, I said, I thought no matter who won the Ohio State-Michigan game, I thought both teams were going to be in the playoff. I still believe that now because I do think there will be some sort of chaos this weekend, next weekend, to where that it does help the loser of the game still be in the Final Four at the end of the year. We're, we're starting to get some uh, rankings coming in. We'll check in on those on, in, in just a moment. But, Mark, you, you didn't look uh, – completely in in agreement based on your facial expression there on on what jay was uh, on on what jay was saying do you disagree um that both would get in regardless yeah, yeah I, I disagree uh, i i look at i i think where maybe the because the committee this year is supposed to be looking at conference championship and weighing that heavily um that allegedly that's supposed it's supposed to be part of their formula this year weighing it more heavily to the conference championship. So the Big Ten, look, Ohio State, Michigan, they're having great seasons. But the rest of that conference is talk garbage. I mean, it's hard to say it any other way. What we were told is that the college football playoff is about getting the best teams. And if there is some 31-28 barn burner between Ohio State and Michigan, and it seems clear to most people, or at least the committee, that those are two of the best four teams in college football, then they should be in the playoff. That's how this is supposed to work. We're not worried about, oh, this loss came here and it was in this situation. No. If you think after watching that game on Saturday that those are two of the best four teams, then they should be two of the top four teams. We have a committee to make decisions just like 
this. USC should not get in just because they didn't have to play Ohio State or Michigan that week. That's silliness. The point is to get the four best teams. And if it looks like those are the four best teams, if we get a Troy Smith, Ohio State 1-2 kind of thriller game, yeah, then it will be obvious. Both Ohio State and Michigan deserve to be in the top four, and they will stay there. They should stay there if that's what we get. Coming up, Lane Kiffin is most likely about to be the head coach of Auburn, despite all the drama from the past week. Will he or won't he? Lane Kiffin has been rumored to be Auburn's top choice for the next head coach for a while. A tweet went out from a Mississippi reporter that Kiffin will be stepping down this Friday and heading to Auburn. Kiffin responded by trying to say that the reporter did not know what he was talking about. Locked on Ole Miss host Stephen Willis sees things clearly on this. Probably 90-10 is where I'm leave, leaning right now, leaving and staying. Um, that That's where I sit, but that 10 is still there. <clears throat> that's still a real thing. So while Lane <clears throat> might not be a complete 100% slam dunk for Auburn, he's still a prohibitive favorite to end up over there. And that's depending on the tonight's tweets and everything I've heard before that. Because... Over this weekend and everything that was going on, you kept hearing things. And on one side, you heard hopes and dreams. On the other side, you heard actual, like, real things that were tangible. But it could have been something like, Lane Kiffin is staying at Ole Miss because he has a feeling of how much he's grown and all of this stuff. Everybody's heard that. On this side... He's going to Auburn because of the NIL chest. And it is real stuff, real tangible things. Like I said, 90-10. He could absolutely stay. But he could absolutely go as well. And it's probably more probable the other way at this point. I need to hear some information. Somebody needs to convince me of this. Lane Kiffin is awesome on Twitter. He is a content creator's dream this is a lot of drama and a lot of ink spilled and a lot of words spoken about a team that even if Lane Kiffin goes there in Auburn, they're still playing second, third, fourth fiddle in the SEC. They're still behind Georgia. They're still behind Alabama. They're still probably behind LSU. So it's kind of a little bit of who cares. Do we really need all of this attention being paid? But Lane Kiffin loves the attention. He loves the drama. He loves the excitement, and that's what makes him an intriguing coach. He's also been proven to be a pretty good college football coach. That would help Auburn. Auburn needs a lot more than that to compete with the big boys in the SEC. And finally, despite playing only nine rounds in three major championships this past season, Tiger Woods once again claimed the top bonus in the PGA Tour's Player Impact Program. Woods, a 15-time major champion, ever heard of him, received a $15 million bonus. A record 23 players received at least $2 million in PIP bonuses this season, including three who finished in the top 20 of a modified criteria measurement, which will be used by the tour going forward. Five players who finished in the inaugural top 10 of the PIP rankings now play on the Live Golf Invitational Circuit, which may or may not have had something to do with these bonuses. Interesting to see how that relationship plays into this moving forward. 
Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we get you set for the football you'll be watching while eating turkey or drinking beer or doing whatever it is that you do on Thanksgiving. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.